The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. A graveyard is spooky. A haunted graveyard is even spookier. But what if you could visit a graveyard that wasn't just full of ghosts and ghouls, but was also inhabited by a sex-crazed demon? We'll check out one of those in a bit. And then we take a deeper look into a mystery we covered not too long ago. We got an update to the bizarre phenomenon known as Darkness Egyptian. And then we travel to Ireland to take a look at a haunted castle. But we're not worried so much about the spooks that are hiding among the rubble of this once grand structure. No. It is simply the journey to the castle that may split reality in two. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a good day. Hope you guys are having a good day too. Hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. We got a lot of stuff to cover. So first off, walking into Dead Rabbit Commanders, one of our Christmas live stream contributors. Everyone get on your feet, but make sure you don't squish them. It's B. Woohoo, yeah! Flying around in between our claps. <laughs> we're now we're actually trying to squish them. B, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, I get it. I truly do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone. The Dead Rabbit Radio is awesome. Even if you don't think it's true. Even if you're like, yeah, it's okay. It's a good way to kill that 45 minutes an hour. Just tell them. Just lie. Just tell them it's the greatest thing you've ever heard. B, let's go ahead and start off. I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Hare Hovercraft. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Hover us all the way out to Florida. Hovercraft is hovering. Little bees on the controls. It's a quite a journey. It's pretty fun. Specifically, we're headed to Clay County, Florida. This is the home of the town Green Cove Springs. Sounds quite quaint, right? Sounds like you go there. Everything's picturesque. Sounds pretty nice. Sounds like a pretty nice place. I was actually looking at satellite photos of this town to try to figure out where this story took place. Thank you, Google Maps, for spying on us. Courtesy of CIA funding and technology. We're in uh, Green Cove Springs. If you're in this area, you can check it out. But bring protection. And when I say that, I don't mean holy water or a shotgun full of salt rock. I'm talking about condoms. You might want to bring condoms if you're investigating this cemetery. I will also say now, if you ever are ghost hunting with someone and you notice in their backpack they brought condoms and you're not going to the cemetery, you might want to be a little bit careful. You might have some other intentions in mind. A short while off of Highway 17 in Clay County, there is this is very interestingly named. It's Little Ruth Church 
cemetery. Now, I don't know if the, like, I'm looking at a satellite photo, right? I'm looking at a photo taken 50,000 feet in the sky. It, 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 there was a building. It may or may not be the church. It was interesting because the descriptions would sometimes refer to, actually, I was able to find one description on the Google Maps that said Little, Little Ruth Church. Everything else said Little Ruth Church Cemetery. So I don't know if the church is somewhere else. But it's a, it, what's interesting, it's a huge field for such a little church. Like there's this little white building and there's like a tree kind of obscuring its view. So I go, well, maybe that's the, the chapel. But it's a pretty big uh, field and that's not including the graveyard. There is an old timey graveyard there. That includes around 150 graves. That's a ton of people. And this area locally is known for having a lot of ghostly activity. So we're there late at night. We're walking around. And we see behind one of the gravestones a shadowy figure go, We go, wow, that, <laughs> we're all pretending to be amazed. Whoa, shadowy figures in a graveyard. Be still my beating heart. This is Dead Rabbit Radio, man. We're, we we expect more from our haunted graveyards. We brought condoms, after all. We expect more. This place has been reported to have shadowy apparitions moving around the gravestones. Also, this is what I'm talking about. This is crazy. There, it's not that crazy, but I mean, it's not as crazy as we're going to get. But it's better than shadow people. There's this entity known as The Runner. Locally, he's known as the runner. He's a shadowy entity, but this one just doesn't pop up behind tombstones. He follows you around. People say when they're walking through the cemetery, they hear the sound of... They've seen him as well. It's a shadowy entity, but when you're walking around the cemetery, you'll hear the sound of someone walking behind you. And they said it's a distinct shuffling sound, as if someone was scuffing a foot against the ground as they were walking. That's interesting. What's also interesting, though, is this ghost has quite the perimeter. What people have said is that this ghost has also been known, if you're walking down Highway 17, he'll follow you out there, which is a couple blocks away from the cemetery. You'll be walking down the highway, and you'll hear this sound like someone's walking behind you. And and to... Be so far out of the cemetery. Quite interesting. That That's where we're getting just beyond just shadowy figures popping up from behind gravestones. But that's not why we're here. I mean, we are paranormal investigators. Listen, I would, if there was a haunted graveyard within walking distance and all that happened was a shadowy figure jumped out from behind a tombstone, I would investigate it. If it's in walking distance, if it's any farther, I was like, oh, I have to pack a car and stay overnight. I'll let someone else do it. I want the good stuff. That's why we're here. I I would go to investigate the runner. I would pack up a suitcase and stay the night to investigate a phenomenon like the runner. But this this is super interesting. Apparently, in this graveyard, there is a succubus. There is a lust fueled demon in this graveyard. And that's super rare. Succubi in and of themselves aren't incredibly rare. I mean, like on the higher, they, they're far more rare than ghosts. Far more rare, rare than ghosts. But I mean, they're all over the literature. They're all over the ghost lore, the paranormal lore, demonic lore. Succub- succubi are quite common in that sense. But generally, 
It's something that you summon or something that comes after you. I cannot recall a location-specific succubi. That's what makes this interesting. I mean, again, a lust-fueled demon. Yes, I would cross the country to investigate that if there was a verified... Not just because I'm a horn dog, but because now we're talking about high low. And I don't mean to dismiss shadow people. I don't, because I've had my experiences with shadow people. They are terrifying. It's just like if I always reported, if I just did stories about shadow people, that, that was all I would cover. Those stories are super common. That's what I'm saying. It's not like I'm trying to dis, oh, blame, blame. They just, I'm all calling them losers as they're manifesting in our reality. So not what I mean. I think a long time listeners of the show know how I'm talking about it. It's like, otherwise that'd be all I'd cover. We try to cover more extreme, weird, high strangeness on the show. So yeah, like a succubi, if there was a location specific succubi, because I wouldn't manifest one in my house. Are you nuts? I wouldn't manifest just a ordinary demon in my house, let alone a sex fueled maniac from beyond the nether. Like, no, I don't want that walking around my house. So if there was a if there was a place I could go and wouldn't follow me home, yeah, I'd go check it out. But a location specific succubi, that's super rare. I can't think of another place. And like how did it get there? What is it doing there? It doesn't seem like it would a lot have a lot of foot traffic. So it's an abandoned cemetery next to a church. But what's interesting about it, this this may be real, and if it is real, you have because again the big thing like you see a lot of this in the paranormal community people trying to summon succubi you have all the young men out there wanting to summon one of these and have sex with these creatures and that's the big problem not having sex with a creature which is risky but how to summon it how to get it to come into your bedroom in the first place what type of magic do you have to work what type of incantations anything like that do you need to do to get one of these things. But if you could just go to a location. I mean it would really be the difference between. Going through the trouble of getting a girlfriend. And maintaining a relationship. Versus going to a strip club. Like you know where the strip club is. You, you know where to go. You know what the address is. You know everything you need to do. You pay the right amount of money. You get in. Getting a girlfriend. You're like do I pick her up at church? Do I pick her up at a bar? Do I pick her up at a club? You know what I mean? So if you had a location-specific succubus, I could see, like, almost this being a tourist destination. Super fascinating if this thing is real. I found a couple different accounts of it. It doesn't give us any detail what she looks like. I mean, you assume sexy, but you also figure she's a demon and she'll probably show her true form at some point. What I find interesting is, going back, there this... Property has a huge field attached to it. And there's no buildings there. There's no graves there. It's just this huge field. And it's fenced in along with this white building under the tree. And I wonder, let's put on our conspiracy caps, that that field, no one else wants to build there. No one else wants to buy that property. They just let that be undeveloped property because there is something dark there. There is something there that shouldn't be. You don't want to. You don't want to build a Kmart there. You don't want to put up a Dairy Queen. So just it just remains unsold and undeveloped. Again, there's nothing there. It's just this big open field, but it is fenced in with the same property. So that is the story of Green Cove Springs. I wonder if any of you guys are willing to go investigate it. If so, let us know. I'd be really interested, or not. 
because you could easily be devoured by a succubus. Again, this is one of those things that if it was closer to me, or if I, or if I had more resources, I would go out and investigate it. Uh, shadowy figures hopping behind a grave. I've seen stuff like that. It is terrifying, but I would like to see something else. Which, you know what's funny? Super dangerous for a paranormal investigator to have that mentality. Super dangerous. So may, I might want to check myself. <laughs> I might want to check myself because that actually, it's that that really can put you in some real dicey situations where you're like, this stuff is boring. I want to see the real, I want to see the real hardcore paranormal stuff. And then it comes for you. So you got to be careful. B, let's go ahead and touch the keys for the Jason Jalopy. We're leaving behind Florida. Drive us all the way out to Louisville, Kentucky. This story is actually a quick update to a story we did a couple weeks ago. I talked about this phenomenon called Darkness Egyptian. We discovered it in a Russian-based like paranormal article. And it was stories of uh, entire areas going completely black for a period of time. And very bizarre phenomenon happening in this stuff. People were teleporting around, massive amounts of loss of time. I'll put that episode in the show notes. And really, that also connected to some stories we've been covering in the past as well, which, what I've coined the black bedroom phenomenon. It, it's something that these accounts are just popping up randomly. No one else has been connecting the dots. I find it absolutely fascinating. People waking up in their bedrooms and all the lights are off, but not just because the it's nighttime. Like literally they're in a pitch black void and they'll walk and walk and walk and walk and walk and they'll never find their walls. And then they're just like, this is just too weird. And they go back to bed. And when they wake up, everything's back to normal. Their wall is only like six feet away from their bed. People have looked out their bedroom windows and the entire world is dark outside. It's a super fascinating phenomenon. We don't know what's causing it. So when I found this article called Darkness Egyptian, that's a translation error because it's Russian. They're talking about the Egyptian darkness, the Egyptian plagues and all that stuff. One of the places we covered was Louisville, Kentucky, where for 10 minutes the entire city went pitch black. And it was so dark, it was said that people who smoked cigarettes had little matchbooks in their pockets and they were lighting matches and they could hear the sulfur igniting, but they couldn't see the flame in front of them. And there were reports of people teleporting, like you would walk maybe a block or two, but when the darkness left after 10 minutes, they found themselves on the other side of town. One woman found herself in a locked room in her house. She'd somehow walk through the wall. Well, Sean on our Discord, Sean, Patreon supporter, Sean's a member of the Patreon Discord, found this is so awesome, Sean. This is what I love about you guys. Like I, I see the show as I, I try to be entertaining and I try to give you the resources that if you guys are more, in, that's why each story is only like 10, 15 minutes long. If you guys are more interested in a particular subject, I I love it for you guys to do more research on your own and find this stuff. Because I didn't find this. He found... Because I said, I go, we don't know if any of this stuff is true. Like these accounts. I said specifically the Louisville, Kentucky story. I go, you figure this would have been in the news if this was real. I go, is this just some urban legend? Like it's not popular in America at all. This was coming out of a Russian website. I go, I wasn't able to find anything. Sean found... An article about this. The Courier-Journal 
published an article on March 8th, 1911 called In Darkness. And the article states, quote, A pall of darkness lasting for a period of 10 minutes. This is so crazy. Like, we actually got verification of this. There's still a twist. Quote, A pall of darkness lasting for a period of 10 minutes, during which time the city was as dark as night, fell over Louisville shortly after 8 o'clock yesterday morning. During this time period, it was impossible to distinguish an object only a few feet away. So what happened? Like, that was the big question. Like, if a whole city went dark, you figured there'd be some contemporary record of it. I couldn't find it. Sean did. Isn't that awesome? Sean found this article. This is contemporary. This is a local news source. It said people headed to work couldn't see anything. The whole city was pitch black. They had to find shelter. They didn't know where to go. You're basically just going into any open storefront or something, hopefully where there's other people, so you could all panic together. But this article has some details that is left out of the Russian website. That was written, I think the Russian website, if I remember correctly, mid-2010s. If I remember correctly, I think it was like from 2012, 2015, somewhere around there. Maybe 2017 was when I found the earliest version of the story of Darkness Egyptian. But here we have a contemporary article. It says, two minutes after the city went black. Couldn't see anything a few feet ahead. The temperature dropped four degrees. It was 44 degrees, which is still pretty cold. It was 44 degrees. The world goes black. Now it's 40 degrees. And a massive storm erupts throughout the city. Rain and hail. Rain fell down on the city streets. Hail bombarded the people who couldn't find shelter. That's another reason why they had to find shelter. This massive storm breaks out. Rain and hail smash across the landscape. Winds. That wasn't bad enough. You're like, I can take a little hail. Winds of up to 60 miles an hour swept through the city. You would think it was the end of the world. Right? You've been in rainstorms. You've been in hailstorms. But you've never been in pitch blackness. And those things happen. I mean, maybe at night, but not like you're walking around at eight in the morning and then all of a sudden everything goes pitch black. Now, you notice it's different. This one, you couldn't see things a few feet away. It's not the darkness where if you lit a match, you couldn't see it if you held it up to your face. That was one of those accounts. I mean, that <laughs> you wouldn't be able to light a match in a rainstorm anyways. But remember, there was a couple minutes in between the darkness falls. You have no idea what's going on. Then this storm hits. A local weather bureau the next day explained what had happened. What they had said was that there was a low cloud formation that was moving so low across the ground, it was picking up dust the entire way. And as it got closer to Louisville, it began to pick up dust from the city and all of the smoke. Again, this is 1911. They probably have their smokestack district. You have a low cloud coming in, picking up all the dust along the way. Now it's picking up more dust in the city and smoke from the city. And when it came over 
Louisville, it basically turned the lights off. That's what they. That's what the weather bureau says happened. It's also interesting to note that the darkness Egyptian story it only took place in Louisville. It turns out that this storm was far bigger than just Louisville. It was actually damaging other towns. You had in Owensboro, Kentucky, uh, roofs ripped off of buildings. The storm was so bad. A church was completely leveled, but no fatalities in Owensboro. And then another church, oddly enough, another church in Henderson, maybe they were poorly constructed, but another church in the nearby town of Henderson was destroyed. Ton of damage to that town as well. They said in Henderson, the cloud wasn't this pitch black void, but it was green. It was black and green. Again, you would think it was the end of the world if this type of stuff had came out of nowhere. And happened. So that's super fascinating. So we do know that the phenomenon was real. There's a bit of an exaggeration. I mean, here's the thing. There's two ways we can look at this. One, we can go the darkness Egyptian thing, maybe through no fault of their own, right? There's over 100 years between these stories. And if a Russian website's reporting it from an American newspaper, you're going to have translation errors. Or they could have just been making stuff up. But but it's interesting because we Sean was able to find that the event was real. So the question is, is it possible that over time the story got exaggerated so people are teleporting around town, they're walking through the darkness, and they're actually traveling miles instead of feet, and they can't see the match in front of their face, and, and there's, there's just this bizarre phenomenon. The lights shut off and then turn back on. The Darkness Egyptian had two other examples as well. They had a subway that went completely black that scientists were not able to replicate. And then the third story was part of France went dark, but the only person that we know who experienced it was a nanny and the child under her care. Those are the three stories mentioned by Darkness Egyptian, that that uh, conspiracy theory. It's possible that the, these elements have got exaggerated over time vis-a-vis Louisville, Kentucky. It's also possible in, in the world of the paranormal, right? This is so cool. It's also possible that the Darkness Egyptian story is more accurate. Because the Louisville the Courier-Journal is not going to say panic struck the streets of Louisville yesterday as people teleported around the city. Is there a god? We don't know. But science and faith both broke as the world went dark. I mean, they're not going to report it even if people were teleporting around. That's not going to be in the newspaper. That's not going to be in the newspaper. I mean, unless you think about it, if... You clearly saw someone teleport in front of you, and a journalist saw that too. They're not writing that article. They're not writing that article unless it's about a scientist building a teleportation machine. They're not writing that article. So, because you, because even even if you were able to prove it, people would still call it fake. That's just the world we live in. And especially back in 1911, they're not going to say people were teleporting around the city. And there was no rational explanation for this. Maybe the truth, I think the truth probably lies somewhere in between the two. I think this probably was a storm, but maybe there were some supernatural elements to it. But fascinating nonetheless. That's what I love about you guys. You guys do follow-up research. I try to cover the stories in entertaining yet concise ways. And I that's why I include the show notes. That's why I do the show notes, honestly. So you guys can do additional research. You guys can correct me. Using the show notes. Well, you guys have stopped correcting my mispronunciations. That's the funniest thing. You guys have been like, I'm done. I still do all those true crime YouTube shorts, TikTok videos, and people are like, that's not how that city's pronounced. You guys don't even care. You guys don't even bring that up anymore. I love you guys.
B, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carbon copter. We are leaving Louisville, Kentucky. We're going to wait till the darkness leaves so we can actually get a good view of where we're going. We're leaving behind Louisville, Kentucky. Fly us all the way out to Ireland. We're about to visit Castle Saunderson. Castle Saunderson today is in ruins, but it was once a magnificent castle that held the family Saunderson. Saunderson Castle is known to be haunted. And one of the phantoms, or groups of phantoms that are seen in the area, because apparently there's like a wooded area, and then a road you can take up to the castle. It's just castle ruins. But still, wouldn't that be awesome to walk around the ruins of castle? Apparently in the forest, you'll see a bunch of old-timey soldiers uh, wearing red coats, like the British soldiers. That's a ghost sighting. There is another ghost sighting in the area of one of... Because, you know, this was a family line. A lot of people of the Saundersons lived here. There was a Mrs. Saunderson who hated poor people, but she can't really run a castle without a bunch of poor people helping you out, like watering the garden and giving you food, butlers and stuff like that. Apparently, she wouldn't allow poor people to walk behind her. That was her reputation. People below her station couldn't walk behind her, so she had a separate path built for them. And people have said there's there's reports that you can kind of feel her presence in the area. You're like, oh, I feel like I'm actually pretty financially successful. And all of a sudden, you get hit with a fine pot, and you're like, oh, man, I guess I am a bum. So her ghost may be there as well. Let's take a look at this particular story, though. The person who posted this account goes by the online name of Joe Show. And they actually have thought that maybe this Mrs. Saunderson, who doesn't let poor people walk around her castle or specifically walk behind her, they go, they joked, maybe she had something to do with this phenomenon, which is possible. But I think this phenomenon actually transcends ghosts. We're going to meet this young woman. We're going to call her Tracy. She goes by Joe Show online, but we're going to call her Tracy. Tracy and her friend, we'll call her Beth. Tracy and Beth, they're visiting Ireland, and they decide to visit Castle Saunderson. They're using Google Maps to get through the area, and they're driving down this narrow dirt road through the woods, headed towards Castle Saunderson, when they see another car coming down the road towards them. So both cars kind of slow down to pass each other. And just as they're passing each other, the other car is full of a family. And the driver of that car turns to Tracy and Beth and says, Hey, um, you guys headed up to the castle? Tracy's like, yeah. Driver of the other car goes, well, yeah, that's where we're going too. But there's a boulder blocking the road. So we can't get around. We can't get around the boulder. We, you know, this is an abandoned castle. I don't think there's like a National Park Service that is up there making sure everything is okay. It's just a bunch of rubble. So if a boulder rolls across the path, I mean, eventually someone may remove it, but it's not like there's going to be a tow truck there that day. The driver of the other car goes, we're actually going to backtrack and see if we can find another way up to the castle because there's just no way around that boulder. We can't drive around it. So the family drives past them and Tracy and Beth talk briefly and they go, so what do you want to do? Do you want to keep driving up to this boulder? Do you want to turn around and follow them and and possibly find another path up there? They decide to follow the family car. They decide to follow this family. So they begin 
basically they turn their car around and they begin going back the way they came. And Tracy says, we drived for a while. We drived for a good while following this car and we're constantly looking from side to side, seeing if we can find another route up to this castle. And they see the family in the other car also trying to figure it out. They can't find anything. And after driving a while, the family in front of them comes to a stop. And when Tracy pulls up to the car, the other driver goes, we're just going to go back the other way. There's no other way up to this castle. We've been driving for a while now. We can't find another, like, dirt road in this abandoned part of Ireland to get to it. We're just going to drive back to the boulder. And here's the thing, like, we'll just park our car and walk. It's not super close. It's not a super close walk, but it's also not super far. We actually probably could have been there by now if we had done that. We've been spending all this time driving. We're going to drive back to the boulder, get out of the car, walk around the boulder, head up to the castle. So the family car turns around and heads back the way it came, headed back to the boulder. And Tracy and Beth are like, oh my goodness, what is going on? Let's actually keep driving. Let's find a way to get to Castle Saunderson. I do not want to hike through these woods. Because they also started to get a weird feeling just being in the woods. Just being out here was starting to make them feel a little... They are getting a little creeped out. So they continue to drive down this path. And then eventually they go, dude, this is a total waste of time. Now we've added even more time driving out. We can't find... There's no other way to get to Castle Saunderson. Fine. We will turn around and go back and just park by the boulder and walk. They turn around and they begin headed back up to the way that Google Maps is telling them to get to Castle Saunderson. And they're driving, they're driving, they're driving, they're driving. They'd gone quite away the opposite direction. Eventually, they're driving up this dirt road and they see the family car parked. The people in the car are gone, but the car is parked there. And Tracy and Beth are like, oh, this is where they parked their car. But where's the boulder? They said they were going to park by the boulder and just walk around it. But they go, where's the boulder? They go, maybe they parked a bit away from the boulder. Because I don't see a boulder either, Beth says. And Tracy's like, okay, let's get, let's get as close to this boulder as possible. Because I don't want to walk. I don't want to walk that much. This creep, The woods are creepy. Are you feeling the creepiness too? And Beth's like, yeah, this is weird. This is during the daytime, apparently, as well. This isn't like spooky, spooky 3 a.m. But here's the family car. So Tracy and Beth go, they must have not, they figured they were going to park right next to the boulder and walk around the boulder, but whatever. Like, let's just park behind this car. Let's just park here, and then we'll hike up to the boulder. We, it's, it has to be somewhere. We'll hike up to the boulder, we'll walk around it. Then we'll go to the castle. Because obviously if they parked here, they parked here for a reason. Maybe the parking near the boulder. Maybe there's a parking meter. Maybe this is all a trick for the government of Ireland to make a little bit of money. Maybe it's not a good parking. Maybe it's not super stable. Whatever. We'll park here. We'll walk to the boulder. We'll walk around the boulder. We'll go to the castle. So they park behind the family car. They get out. They're walking. They don't see a boulder anywhere. Okay, maybe the boulder's a little bit farther up the road. They keep walking up the road. Okay, there's no boulder. Where, where in the world is this boulder that they were talking about? 
They walk for 25 minutes. This was not like a short jaunt through this forest that they've never been to before that's reportedly haunted that they're getting creeped out by. After a 25-minute walk, they finally come to it. The castle. They never see the boulder. They park their car 25 minutes away from the castle. They could be, they're like looking around. They go, we could have easily just driven up here. My calves are killing me. We're walking up this road to this guy. We could have just parked right here. Like, what were they talking about? So they figure we must have turned down the wrong road. We must have just not been on the road with a boulder. Whatever. Let's just enjoy this haunted castle as much as we can and call it a day. Because we must have just taken the wrong path or something like that. It's not a big deal. They... Explore the castle. They're taking a look around. It's really cool. Like, what an adventure that would be. Anyways, after a 40-minute visit, it's time to head back. It's a 25-minute walk back. So they turn around, and they leave Castle Saunderson, and they begin walking down this path, this road that they'd come up originally. They're walking, and then all of a sudden, Beth says, Tracy. Is that a boulder? Tracy looks, and sure enough, there's a huge boulder blocking the road. Now, at this point, Tracy and Beth are thinking, we must have walked. It has to be a difference of trails, right? We walked up a trail that didn't have the boulder on it. Like, it's just somehow we got turned around. Because this boulder is so huge. This boulder was not here when we left our car. It just wasn't. We could have driven all the way up to the castle. So we must be on the wrong road. Or, you know, the right road. <laughs> Whatever. We're on a road. But um, this isn't the road we came up. The road we came up, we could have driven right up to the castle. But here we are where that's giant boulder. Let's walk around the boulder. And then we'll figure out what road we're supposed to be on from there. So they walk around the boulder. And what they see parked right next to the boulder. There's a car. Which is what the original plan was. We're going to park our cars near the boulder and walk up to the Castle Saunderson. So they see this car parked here. But at that moment, Tracy sees a little bit down the road, their car. In viewing distance of the boulder, Tracy and Beth see their car parked on the side of this dirt road. And they're like, that's impossible. That's absolutely impossible. This is the same road we came down, we parked, and we walked up. Not only was the boulder not this close to our car where we can look and see our parked car. The boulder wasn't here at all. We walked the whole walk. There was no boulder. And here we're seeing this car parked. And now down the road, we see our own car parked. Now they got in their car and they just drove away. A bizarre story to share with their friends. And you know, she, Tracy was talking about it's possible that this was like a, a ghostly event. It could have been, right? It could have been Mrs. Saunderson trying to keep poor people out of her castle. The thing is with the Mrs. Saunderson legend, it talks about like she didn't like them walking behind her. Like she had different paths in the castle. So, I mean, there's a big difference between that and manifesting a boulder. But I'm not going to say that's not it. That's impossible. 
or anything like that. I actually think this falls more into alternate reality type of things. It's interesting. It's a really interesting story, and there's all those different ways to look at it. There's a lot of possible lessons you could pull out of it. Should they have kept driving? How mind-blown would the family have been if the two girls pulled up in their car, they passed them, they're like, eat our dust, losers! They might have parked right up at the castle, and people would have been amazed, because other people not only observed the, the boulder, but stopped, like the family car stopped, because they saw the boulder. The car that was just in front of them, they saw a boulder, so they stopped and they walked around it to go to the castle. But when Tracy and Beth pulled up, they didn't see the boulder. They only saw a car parked, but the occupants of that car had seen the boulder. It's it's an interesting story. It's a really interesting story about what possibly could have gone on. But I, I thought of something else when I was when I was reading this. I was thinking... Were they in a universe where there was no boulder, and then they went to the castle, and as they were returning, they returned to Boulder Prime, the universe where the boulder has existed? Is that possible? But I was thinking, in some way, the universes must have merged, or in some way, that boulder itself must have manifested. If the story from Tracy is true, she's telling us a true story. We went from one point where there was a boulder to no boulder to then a boulder again. And I was reading the story and I thought, okay, this is interesting. But what? This is where it gets creepy. right? It's a pretty benign paranormal story, but this is where it gets creepy. What if they hadn't parked their car behind the family car? What if they had continued driving up to the castle? Now they're trapped. Now is there like, see you later, suckers. They drive up to the castle. They spend 40 minutes there. They get back in the car. And as they're coming home, there's a boulder in the way. A boulder blocking the car's drive through the rest of Ireland. Now basically it's trapped at the castle. Sure, the two girls could get out and walk around the boulder, but their car is still on the other side of it. But even more creepy than that, I was thinking, what if they parked the car right where the boulder was supposed to manifest? They see the family car parked. They go, well, we should park, but let's not park behind him. We don't want to box him in. Let's just drive up a little bit more and see if we see the boulder. And they drive up a little bit more. They don't see the boulder, but they said, let's just go ahead and park because it could just be right around the corner and they get out and leave. But they ended up parking their car exactly where that boulder was going to manifest. Exactly where the realities would merge between no boulder and boulderverse. What would have happened to the car? Would it appear as if a boulder rolled over a car? And you could see the car was crushed? Would they merge into one item? Would you have basically a bizarre relic that no one could explain... A car sticking out of a boulder. Not sticking out from underneath, but it's actually merged into the same space. What would happen to the car? And then I started thinking, this almost makes me feel like you've glitched out a video game. You're no-clipping through a wall, if that makes any sense. Like, you have two items occupying the same space, which is impossible. 
But this car is now in a place where a boulder is supposed to be. It was... The, the, as the universe merges back, would the car basically clip into the boulder? And when you no-clip, when you mess with the laws of the video game, it can send everything haywire. What happens if you are able to force two items into one place at the same time? Because had that family car not stopped there, and had the girls not parked behind it, they may have continued to drive a little bit more, and very easily left their car, because there's not a boulder there. There's not a boulder there, why not park there? But then I thought, and we'll wrap it up like this, had they parked the car there and the boulder appeared, would the boulder, would it look like the boulder had simply rolled over the car? Would they merge together in one unexplainable object? Would one or the other or both cease to exist and possibly reality itself as something is happening that's not supposed to happen and it crashes both realities that they live in? They've basically forced a fatal error in the system. Or, and to me this is the creepiest one, what if when the realities returned, when they merged back, or when they moved from no boulder to the boulderverse, what if instead of walking back from a castle, what if they were standing where the boulder was going to remanifest? Like it has to come back into reality. Multiple people saw it one way. The family saw it twice. They saw it the first time, then they parked their car in front of it and walked around it. These girls, though. Imagine if they were walking down that road and they see their car, probably about 20, 30 feet away. They go, that's really fun. I don't know what all this stuff was about a boulder appearing, blocking the road. We could have easily driven up to the castle to 20, 25 minute walk. And they're walking and then suddenly the realities merge again. But it is not their car that is parked where the boulder is. It is those two young girls standing in the spot that's about to be inhabited by a massive rock. What happens to them? Do they instantly liquefy as if this boulder rolled down a hill, squishing both of them? Do they merge with the rock itself? Because two items can't take up the same space. Do their molecules get mixed with that of this boulder? And they are instantly killed and never seen again. They're literally meshed in with the rock. There's not like a hand or a foot sticking out of it. Not like a car would be big enough to possibly protrude from the boulder. Or what if they're walking there and that boulder rematerializes and it breaks the game? It doesn't destroy it enough for anyone else to know what happened. We go on with our days. But the two women who are in a world with no boulder on this road, and they're standing there when the boulder rematerializes. Maybe they're not squished. Maybe they're not merged with the stone. Maybe they're pushed out of this reality. They clip through the walls of the game. These two young women wanted to go on vacation in Ireland. It sounded nice. And it probably was. 
until they were suddenly pushed out of the realm of the sane, of the laws of the universe. They were shifted over, not into another dimension, but to something that defies words. It's something that we can't explain because it wasn't meant for humans to ever know about. We're not supposed to pierce that veil. We can see heaven and hell. We can see ghostly realms, psychic phenomenon, alien conquerors, and extraterrestrial messengers of peace. These things are all built into the system that we live in. But even all of our paranormal friends and foes, they don't go through that wall that those two women were forced through when they happened to be standing when a boulder shifted realities. These two young women just wanted a vacation, wanted a little bit of relaxation. Now all they want to do is come home. But home doesn't exist where they're at. Neither does love or hope. Not even fear, pain, or sadness. They now exist in a place where nothing was meant to exist. All because they stood in the wrong place at the wrong time. All because they couldn't see the boulder right in front of them. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great day.